Our reading for this time is Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through to 9. Now hear God's word. There were some present at that very time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans, because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will likewise perish. Or those eighteen on whom the Tower of Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the other offenders who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And he told them this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And he said to the vine dresser, Look, for three years now I have come seeking fruit on this tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? And he answered him, Sir, let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and put on manure. Then if it should bear fruit next year, well and good, but if not, you can cut it down. In this reading, we learn that Jesus is telling us what our response should be to suffering, to people dying by natural disaster. We could even include the current virus in it. And therefore, this is a very applicable reading for the time that we're currently living in. And many of us have questions, and many people don't know what to do, and their fear is spreading as quickly as the virus throughout the world, if not quicker. Questions regarding why are always very important questions to people. And especially when those whys are connected with evil and suffering that is found in the world. And then on top of that, where is God in all of this? People ask questions regarding justice and fairness and the difference between right and wrong, trying to find a way through to peace. But is it possible that people could simply be asking all the wrong kind of questions? Is it possible that people could simply be consumed with asking the wrong type of questions to the point where they never get around to asking the right ones? Or that they can be so consumed with one concern that they don't consider more important concerns? Well, all people find themselves in this position every now and then. And currently, we're in that position. What do you do when you don't know what to do? Well, Jesus is telling us here that in a world where you can have dictators, in a world where you can have suffering, and even in a world like now where you can have a virus that is killing people, what should our response be? Well, Luke 13 verses 1 through to 9 tells us what our response should be, and it tells us why we need to respond now before it's too late. Luke 13 begins with some people who have suffered at the hands of a dictator, Pilate, and some people who have died because of a natural disaster. And of course, naturally, people come to Jesus and ask him questions regarding these type of things. And then Jesus moves on to tell this parable about future justice. 
But before he gets to tell the parable, he includes in his statements just before that, that they who he is speaking to should repent or else they will likewise perish. In other words, be concerned with the right things first. Be concerned with the things that actually will make a difference to you beyond your present physical life. So before we move too quickly through this, you'll notice that Jesus understands why they have asked the question, verse 2. Why have these people suffered in this way? Is it because they are worse than other people? And the answer is no. It could be that they're simply in the wrong place at the wrong time. It could be because they live in one part of the country rather than another part of a country. It could be because they're in a city rather than in the countryside. When we think about the virus, we can think about it in that context. Here, those who are near to Pilate are going to suffer in that way. Those who are near to the tower when it fell are in the position to have the tower fall on them. But it won't fall on people who are not near the tower. So this really isn't a question of whether or not people are better than others or worse than others. This is really an issue of suffering at the hands of a dictator or suffering and eventually dying through a natural accident. We find in the book of Job that his friends can often come and suggest to him that he must have done something wrong to warrant his sufferings. That's not the kind of friends that we want, but we can understand the logic in it, perhaps. Then in John 9, there's a man born blind and the disciples ask Jesus, who sinned, this man or his parents? And Jesus has to point out to them that they're asking the wrong kind of question. They're asking the wrong questions. And that's the thing that we must recognise here. They want to know, was it his sin or his parents' sin? But they leave no option for it being neither case. Well, in the same way, we have questions today. And in the same way, we want a yes or no answer. And this stops us from hearing anything else. And we really mustn't do that. Because we believe that people are, by and large, innocent, therefore when they suffer, we tend to think that innocent people are suffering. And yet what Jesus is saying here is that we will likewise perish. We may not have suffered at the hands of a dictator. We may not have suffered by a tower falling on us and taking our life. But we will likewise perish. And so we must consider exactly what Jesus is getting at here. What is the reason for suffering? Or what is the reason for the fairness of suffering we might be concerned about? But what Jesus is getting us to consider is the future justice that will come upon our life from the Lord God. Jesus deals with people's questions all the times. But his response here is clearly this, repent or you will likewise perish. The point that is being made is a very clear point and therefore it's pointed out again in the parable of the fig tree. Life is fragile, life is short, so concentrate on the eternal 
rather than the temporal. Time is given to you in order for you to turn to God. Unresponsiveness is dangerous because justice will always prevail. We tend to think that if we suffer in this life, that we are innocent and therefore it is wrong for the innocent to suffer. But Jesus is putting us into a different category, that we are people who are not worse than anybody else, but before God, we are not right. We are not holy. In fact, we are sinful. And there will be God's justice that will come upon our sinfulness as we stand before him. Do you think Pilate, when he committed those horrible crimes, will get away with it? Do you believe that people who do horrible things to other people will get away with it? Christopher Hitchens, who has now died, who wrote the book God is Not Great, said this. He said, As much as I don't like the idea, I have to admit that because I believe there is no God and therefore no future justice, that if people who do bad things don't come to justice in this life, they have gotten away with it. Well, Jesus is telling us to think again. Jesus is aware of all the injustices in this world and he is teaching us that nobody gets away with it. That if we don't repent, we too will likewise perish and of course face the judgment of God. The very thing that we see in the person of Jesus Christ is what suffering actually looks like. When we look at the cross, we look at the suffering of the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered on our behalf so that we wouldn't suffer, so that we wouldn't face eternal damnation. We recognise that the only truly innocent person is one who has suffered. So the question that they ask is, are these people worse than they, or the question that Jesus asks of them, do you believe that some people are worse than others, is a question which people should understand. In other words, no one is innocent. In fact, the only person who is innocent is Jesus, and he suffered. He suffered by dying on the cross, taking our sin, so that we would be right with God. Jesus suffered in this way, so that we wouldn't have to. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? What about people who have done acts of justice in getting rid of bad people? Well, that's true, and that's an important thing to consider. But God always has the final say. Whether it be a virus that takes your life, or a dictator that takes your life, or an accident as a tower falling on you, taking your life. All these people will still have to stand before God. And this is why Jesus says, repent, or you will likewise perish. Now many of us will remember John Lennon. And many of us might just remember his song, Imagine. It's not a great song. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us, only sky. Well, imagine that if you want, but this is what you're actually imagining. No heaven above us, 
no hell below us, above us only sky. What does that mean? Well, above the killing fields of Cambodia, only sky. Above the Rwandan genocide, only sky. Above Auschwitz, only sky. Above Lockerbie, only sky. Above Dumblain, only sky. It's a horrible song with a horrible message. It's a message that those who, like Pilate, impose sufferings on others might end up getting away with it if they're not caught in this life or when caught, they are let go. So Jesus calls us to consider a concern or something that we should be concerned about. That those who suffered at the hands of a dictator, such as Pilate, a cruel, a cruel and greedy man, may look like he has all the power. That he takes the lives of others and he himself gets away with it. But that's clearly not the case. All people will be brought before God and face God's judgment. Unless, of course, they have already faced it in Jesus, by Jesus dying on the cross for them. Then those who suffer because of a natural disaster, well, who's directly responsible to blame? How did it happen? The tendency, of course, is always to blame someone. It's easy to blame Pilate if Pilate is the one handing out the suffering. But who do you blame when a tower falls on people and kills them? Who do you blame then? Well, what happens is that people turn and put the blame on God. Who do you blame for this virus? Well, it might be possible to go to a market in China and say this is where it happened and this is where the blame is to be. But for people who don't go that far, we'll just turn and blame God. C.S. Lewis was saved and things were tough in his life. He said he got very upset for God not being there. This is a common reaction to God when natural disasters happen. As if to say, I don't believe in God, but I'm very upset for him not being there. So in this world, we have people who suffered at the hands of dictators. We have people who suffer through natural disasters. And we have people currently who are suffering and dying because of a virus that is spreading throughout the world. And yet the message of Jesus is very, very clear. Repent, or you will likewise perish. When a person takes time to look beyond the temporal, and to look beyond the temporal to the eternal, and find God there, we will recognise that we are separated from him because of our sin. And we will also recognise that we're not innocent. And when we recognise that, we recognise that any suffering that we experience in this world, we do not experience as innocent people, at least not innocent before God. We may appear to be innocent in the eyes of men, women, boys and girls, but we are not innocent before God. 
So look at the provision available. It is a provision of time given for you to repent, for you to believe, for you to turn, or you will likewise perish. Don't be concerned with the wrong things. Don't be too concerned with asking all the wrong kind of questions. Spurgeon once said, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, who was a minister back in the day, he put it like this, a captain of a ship is caught in a storm on the seas and a wind and rain is raging against him. He doesn't ask where did this come from, but rather how can I escape it? When a soldier on the battlefield is shot and he is rushed to the medical centre, he doesn't sit up and say if he can and ask what kind of bullet it was that hit him, but rather can you save me? When it comes to God and people, it's easy to lose sight of two realities. The first being that death is inevitable. And secondly, that eternity is something that we will enter into. When we lose sight of those, we lose sight of many things. And it's at that point we begin asking the wrong type of questions and end up being concerned with the wrong kind of things. When in fact, life is fragile, life is short, and God has prepared a way of escape, turning from sin and turning to Jesus. So by Jesus telling this parable, he turns the emphasis from the dictator and the natural disaster to the people of the day, namely the people of Israel. When Jesus speaks about the parable of the fig tree, he's referring to God's people of the day. The fig tree was symbolic of the nation of Israel. His point then is simple. You're a people who are in a prime place for growing. And God is looking to you for fruitfulness. God is patient. He has come three years in a row each time looking for fruit. But now he seeks to cut it down. Why? Because it's using up the ground. You're meant to produce fruit. Our lives are meant to produce fruit. Fruit that brings glory to God, if you read John 15. And this is really the response that God is looking for that God is looking into the lives of people, that those lives may produce fruit unto repentance, fruit that brings glory to who God is. And we should also notice the patience of God here in giving the tree one more year, giving it time before it's cut down, giving it time in order to produce fruit. And that's what Jesus is saying repent or perish. Repent now or perish later. Unresponsiveness to God is a dangerous position to be in. God is willing to hold off, as it were, willing to be patient, but patient only for a while, because there comes that time where God will respond. And there will come that time when Jesus will return. So don't be too concerned with asking the wrong type of questions. 
and don't be too concerned with the wrong type of concerned. Recognise what we're learning here. That in truth, no one is innocent before God. And there are terrible dictators. And there are terrible natural disasters. And this virus is truly terrible. But it's really important that we look way beyond that to the day when we'll meet God. And our response in this present time, when we have time to make it, is to repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening.